Hey everybody, Sean Sewell with the Gimmit.com podcast. Very excited having this show. Um, the creator of ChiliPad, which you've probably heard in the last five or six shows, Dr. Craig Marker, uh, Brad Kearns from the Primal Blueprint, uh, Eric Frohart, retired Navy SEAL. These are all people who use this product. And I reached out to the owner, Tara Youngblood, and she joined on the, the podcast today to talk about the creation story, uh, best practices for sleep, um, and a whole host of other things about business and growth and, and how to just get good sleep and also some really cool programs we'll get to at the end of the show. Tara, thank you for joining our show. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So let's talk about ChiliPad. I think every other guest out of 65 shows has mentioned ChiliPad. So now we get to talk to the creator of it, which is fantastic. Um, walk us through what the ChiliPad is. Yeah, so it really is uh, what I like to call a radiator for the human engine. So, you know, we are all Ferraris in our own way. And when we sleep at night, there's no exception to that. We put off heat just like an engine does. Um, and when we're under our covers and we have these nice foams in our beds today, but all of that actually heats our body up. And our circadian rhythm actually wants our body to be colder at night. And that's what drives us to sleep, that deep sleep, that really great recovery sleep. Um, and so what all we're doing is mitigating that heating up at night by putting that radiator under that human engine. And that allows you to stay cool and be cool enough to, to sleep really well. And so it's just a mattress pad that goes in under your sheets. Um, there's a control unit that goes next to your bed and you can adjust the temperature anywhere you want between 55 and 110. Oh, that's, that's great. Um, it, and I picked one up, full disclosure, I bought one as a consumer because I wanted to test it out. And everybody I mentioned, Eric Frohart, retired Navy SEAL, and Brad Kearns, and all these people, Dr. Craig Marker, who use it and, and rave about it, I picked it up. I got to use it for two nights, then I went camping. And this is something we'll talk about, too, about cold weather and, and sleeping better outside, right? And that's something our audience knows a lot about. So my wife tried it out, and now she stole it from me. <laughs> So it works. It works for hot sleepers and cold sleepers. She likes it a little bit warmer. So mm -hmm. it's a great product. And um, the chili pad that we have has a remote control. Uh, it circulates the water. It's, uh, I think it's machine washable too. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yep. You just take it out and put it in the machine. That's so great. I've tried some competitors. I won't name the names, but they are not machine washable and they require water every day, every night. <laughs> and they can make messes. And yeah, just it's worth the, it's worth the money to get the chili pad. Um, okay. So what is the creation story behind the chili pad? That's kind of fun. My husband and I are, are co-founders. We've been doing this together. Um, we actually went exclusively into business together in 2000, and we've brought over 100 different products to market. We're kind of serial entrepreneurs and inventors. Um, Todd's uncle actually invented the waterbed. Um, and so I think uh, after college, we went to work for him and, you know, kind of caught that bug and it stuck. Um, but around 2005, um, you know, market-wise, select comfort, Tempur-Pedic, we're all talking about pressure. Uh, around the same time, microclimate micro control in seats was coming out in cars. And it felt like if you and a passenger as a driver could adjust different temperatures, then at bed at night would be even more amazing because we did not sleep at the same temperature. And so that's really where it started from. Turns out the science really uh, caught up and, and there's a lot of to it as well. Um, but that's and not fight over the thermostat anymore. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and having, um, yeah, 
my wife sleeps warm, like I mentioned, and I sleep cold. It's it's been a struggle, like almost a marital struggle. Like if it gets too warm up there, I'll go downstairs to the leather couch, which is colder, and that's not always good for the partnership and stuff. Um, yeah, so we tried more AC at night. We've tried fans directly on me. We're trying to fan in the bed. We've tried. I do a cold shower before bed. Um, a whole bunch of practices, but this one seems to just take care of it like that. Yeah, it's kind of a cheat. I, I will say between diet and fitness, you know, generally you have to have willpower to, mm -hmm. to do that. And I, I do feel like our biggest perk is once you figure out your temperature and you set it, you can pretty much forget about it. And it's not directed to, did I have a good day or a bad day? Did I remember to do that habit? It kind of just is an easy thing that fixes it. It's kind of like air conditioning in your house. Once you get used to it, it's pretty easy. You pick your temperature and you don't have to think about, that's one less thing to think about. That's a, that's a quick win. I like that. I didn't think about it that way. So you don't have to stress about, I didn't get enough yoga in, or I didn't get enough movement, you know, but you got your temperature right in the bed. You're going to sleep well. That's great. Yeah. Uh, that's really good advice. So you did a lot of research before you guys created this. Um, I listened to your TED Talk and uh, your last podcast, and I learned a lot about sleep best practices. Can you share with our audience what you've learned about sleep? Yeah, so sleep is really complicated, and it's very personal. And the, the thing, the way I start it is chronotype. And so chronotype is actually something that's driven by your genetics. And most commonly, people refer to it as being a morning person or as, as a night person. But that's not just a personality. That's, that's actually, you're genetically driven to wake up earlier or go to bed later. Um, and it's not very hard to figure that out. Honestly, on our website, there's a chronotype quiz. What it does do is your entire body has a clock. And just like your workday and everything else you do with productivity, your body needs to understand um, when you are in the day. And so your highest blood pressure, when you go to the bathroom, when you eat, when's the best time to work out, all of those are actually ingrained to that chronotype. And once you know that, it helps not only your day-to-day -day stuff, but also your sleep. And that tells you when's your right window to fall asleep. And so once you know your window, um, I usually break up the night into three buckets, I call them in my TED Talk, but zones, um, bedtime being one of them where you're still conscious and you're trying to figure out what habits go into that sort of window of helping you fall asleep. And part of it depends on the person. If falling asleep is easy, then there's less concern about that bedtime window. But if it's hard, you really need to focus on what goes into that window. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, there's a, a fair amount of um, sort of posturing. I need to be peaceful and I can't do electronics and I, I really need to be thoughtful about what I put into that bedtime bucket. Um, the next one is really about deep sleep. And if you don't know much about sleep, no problem. There's kind of like three different types of sleep. Once you're asleep, you've probably heard of REM sleep. That's rapid eye movement. Um, it, your brain waves during that time are almost like they're awake. It's like right before you wake up. Light sleep is kind of like this band of sleep that when you're not in one of the other two, you're in light sleep. It's probably the one they know least about right now. Um, and then there's deep sleep, which has really hit a news and all sorts of studies recently of attaching lack of deep sleep to depression or Alzheimer's, almost every disease of the elderly, they're coming out, autoimmune disease, uh, immunity specifically. Um, and what happens during deep sleep is, is really important for your body's recovery. And so deep sleep um, is one of those really important things to do, but it wants it cold. So during that time, that, that core body temperature is dropping by two degrees. 
And when it's dropping by two degrees, that's the best window for deep sleep. And it's not to say you won't have it throughout the night. You kind of let's talk about 90 minute cycles where you'll go through those different cycles. Those cycles towards morning will not be as likely to have deep sleep if you're not getting cool enough. And one of the ways in which cooling from our product or being cooler or even those cold showers before bed, it helps trigger your body to say, oh, I'm supposed to be getting colder. And that does really help you get that deep sleep. So that's the first half of the night. And the second half of the night, REM sleep becomes the more predominant part of those cycles. Um, and it likes it a little bit warmer because um, your body's trying to warm up. So um, we use a warm awake in our Uller. You can use that as an alarm, but warming up just like the, you know, you talk about what it's like to sleep outside. That's not that different than sleeping outside. So in the middle of the night, it's the coldest. And in the morning it starts to warm up and your body has been doing that. Well, and our ancestors have done that for millions of years before we got air conditioning and central heating. And so we're looking for that change. We're looking to follow that. And we just try to mimic that with our product. No, that's genius. And it, it speaks to me and a lot of our audience directly because I camp year round, two days a week, whether it's summer or winter, snow or hot. And it's kind of like marital therapy for us too, because she knows I'll go get a good night's sleep. If I go camping, the dogs get worn out and I, I know I do my, my gear reviews and stuff, but it, I always sleep better when I'm cold and that makes complete sense the way you explained it. So thank you for, for making sense of it. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I mean, studies have been done even with hunter-gatherer societies. Um, Jerry Siegel out of UCLA has a hunter-gatherer study that followed sort of some of those tribes, whether it's even in South America, uh, Africa, the ones that he was able to still find those hunter-gatherers and put trackers on them for over a year. And it found that they went to sleep because of the, the temperature cooling off. Wow. <laughs> so good to have uh, validation so I can go camping more often now. It's great. Excellent. Yes, yes. You're living the life. They actually <laughs> yeah. ended up having to sleep less and they were so much healthier be because they, they just followed their body. I love it. Well, that's a fun topic. Um, sleep. Do you need eight, nine, ten hours of sleep? Or can you, if your sleep quality is good, can you perform on less? Yeah, so um, Kelly Starrett, the father of CrossFit, is yeah. on our medical board, just a really great guy. Um, he actually coined um, the term about our product called sleep density. And so it really is about quality of sleep. And that this eight-hour myth that we're attached to actually started in the industrial age. You can track it back through history. Even Charles Dickens, you can see references of first sleep and second sleep. Um, traditionally, we did not sleep in one eight-hour segment necessarily. Um, it still happens a lot in Spain of you'd go home and have maybe a nap around four or five o'clock, eat a little bit later, but it's a light meal. Mm -hmm potentially still do social activities even in that window. Um, and then you'd go back to sleep again. So this eight hours started when factory workers demanded to have eight hours consecutive that they weren't working. When, and it kind of boggles our mind because we can't imagine uh, only getting that much time off from a factory job, but that's what they petitioned for. So they would still get sleep. So they wouldn't get uh, so tired, they get hurt on the job. Um, so we've kind of stuck with that. And, and really where it comes down to is if you don't get eight hours sleep and you're not getting great sleep, eight hours is a good men mention, but it also isn't talking about quality whatsoever. And so when you look at someone that's getting great quality sleep, unfortunately, 20-year-old men get really great sleep if they just go for eight hours. It's two hours of deep sleep, 
two hours of REM sleep, it's pretty easy for them. Um, as we move away from that 20 year old window, it gets harder and harder and deep sleep especially goes away as we age. Um, and by the time we're 80, uh, on average, it could be seven minutes or less. And so it's definitely something we wanna keep getting, um, but our body temperature is one of those things that gets a little faulty as we age. Um, our thermostat is one of those things that can throw us off. Our metabolism or what we do also throw that off. Um, for females, there's menopause, there's pregnancy. Every time we go through something, there's mm -hmm. some new thermostat throw off. Um, and so it's really important to keep in mind that our thermostat is an indicator of we need to help our body sometimes figure that out. Just like when we're hot, when running a fever, we want to cool down. We want to do that for sleep. We want to manage that that outcome. And each of us kind of has a sense. You know you sleep hot. If, yes. You know you sleep warm. Most of us have a sense if we think about it. Yes, this is how I really need to sleep. Oh, this, this is so fascinating. You brought up uh, several things I want to drill down on. Um, I talked to a, a psychologist about this, about the second sleep. Because as an insomniac, I, for years, and I actually did it today, I will sleep for maybe two or three cycles and then I'll get up for an hour or two and I'll write, I stay away from the computer and then I'll go back to bed more often than not. So like this polyphasic sleeping cycle, um, what's your, what's your take on that? Is that, well, you can't mention it, but like both at nighttime, is that okay? You think? Yeah. So, you know, it's really interesting. Um, we'll probably get into it as you mentioned later. Um, really did a deep dive into healthcare worker sleep at the start of the coronavirus. We have a, a program for healthcare workers where we give product away, but their, their shift cycles, the way they work is really horrible for sleep. Um, and that doesn't mean they can change their job. So for a lot of us, or you have a young child that's waking up, or there's a million different reasons throughout our life that we're gonna not have a succinct eight hours to do that. Your body actually has little dips that happen again in that temperature profile. There's little places that you can actually get that same sleep, you can carve it out. And so a lot of it is, again, finding out when your chronotype, what your chronotype is, when is your clock dipping that temperature down and matching that. And I feel like there's a lot of of judgment that goes with that eight hour myth of if you're not successful. And again, if you're a type A person that, you know, you want to do a good job at stuff uh, and you're told eight hours is the only thing that works, it's going to be really frustrating. It's going to only add more stress to that insomnia equation. And then suddenly you're like, well, I'm broken. I'm not doing this right. I put it off. I don't respect sleep because it's, it's something I, I suck at it. And you just yeah. don't with it. So I really, I'm really much more on listen to your body. And if you are really successful at being able to do polyphasic sleep and it works for you, then do that. You know, Todd, Todd's a power napper. He can take 20 minutes out and nap. That's really disruptive for me, but it's fabulous for him. He wakes up and feels like a whole new human after just 20 minutes. And so we need to stop thinking that all 7.8 billion of us are going to sleep the same way for eight hours at night. That's just not the way the humans work. We're, we're not all the same. And it's beautiful that we're not all the same, but we're not all the same. I, I love it. That, I agree with you so much on that. And it, you bring up a good point and you validate something again um, to, to be a little more compassionate with ourselves and not beat ourselves up for not fitting into a normal you know, box, eight hours or certain body types or certain sleeping habits. But as long as it's healthy and it suits your, your needs, then good, right? Yeah. If you're listening, if you're really listening, you'll, you'll get to it mm -hmm. pretty quickly. 
And I think that's the important part of, um, I, I do talk about in the TED Talk of finding your recipe. And I feel like your recipe for life is really important. And the sooner you figure out, okay, if I if I meditate, for, for me, it's not as much in the morning. I'm a morning person, so I wake up and I'm ready to go. But I have to do it at night versus Todd is that night owl. And so for him, starting the morning peacefully is a completely different, that's part of his recipe. But it is important to, to know your recipe. That doesn't mean you can't deviate from it sometimes, but it means understanding like, this is what makes me a powerful person. This gives me superpowers. This enables me to do what I really want to do in life. That's great advice. That's really great advice. I dig that. It, and it is easy to um, feel guilty if you don't go to bed at the same time as your partner or your family members. And like, yeah, it's not, it's okay to deviate and be, and be good to yourself. This is fantastic. Uh, so, um, you mentioned the sleeping cycles of uh, 90 minute windows. Is that, is it 90 minute windows on average for most people? It is. Um, but I, the first thing I'll throw out there is, you know, a lot of people will use sleep trackers and they'll look at the sleep tracker and they'll be like, okay, well that doesn't look like 90 minutes. That doesn't look like the pretty nice picture that dips up and down. Um, you know, and we don't, as humans, we don't stick to that schedule. That's not how our clocks work. Um, that's an approximate and you will go through different cycles. Um, but actually when you start sleeping at the right temperature, and that's probably even what you're finding when you're camping out, is similar to what we get on the chili pad of when you get that right temperature, you actually may stay longer in those deep sleep sections certainly in the first part. And if you're trying to catch up, so what that also doesn't allow is that if you've had a very physical day, your body's going to crave a little bit more deep sleep. Um, it's going to be looking for that bigger recovery, which makes sense. Um, and your body's smart enough to say, I need a little bit more time to heal. I need a little more time to recover. I need a little more time to, to organize memories or do whatever you're doing that has to do that. And sometimes it'll take more and sometimes it'll take less. And it won't always do it in a neat, tidy cycle. So that's the first thing I, I throw out because people are like, that doesn't work for me. And I think, again, it, it goes back to that myth of like, well, my schedule doesn't look like that when I look at my sleep tracker. Am I broken? Is this normal? What does this mean? Um, it, it can get really confusing if you just kind of like, there's, these are ballparks and we're, again, not all the same. Good. <laughs> and so quit comparing yourself to other people, right? <laughs> certainly for sleep, because it's very individual and it depends, you know, you want to look at a seven day average for sleep because it'll, it'll fluctuate with what you do and what you're thinking about. It's highly entrained to stress. So if you had a very stressful day and whether that's stressful cognitively, emotionally, or physically, it will all vary a little bit on how your sleep looks in relation to that. Makes sense. Um, earlier on, and I want to bring big attention to this, you mentioned, um, a special program for vets and first responders and healthcare workers. Is that on the website or how, how do people find out more about that? Yeah. So, you know, the, the vet one for me has been, um, we've had that from the beginning. Um, so, you know, when we get uh, a unit back, we repair our units. But if let's say it's re not repairable to resell to the general public, um, we have provided those to veterans for years. And so it's a buy one, give one, um, there's, you can look on the web page under cryo cares and, and find that, um, you know, veterans to me, it's a really emotional, um, part when you are talking to, you know, a really tough guy, they, they're a Navy SEAL, they're, there's someone that have been through 
tons of things. Mm -hmm. And yet when it comes to sleep, they're, they're just fragile. And, um, it's, I feel like a very powerful gift, um, from, for us. That's why we do it. And, and to see the difference that a good night's sleep can do is, is just, it's just amazing. Um, so yeah, we do, we've done that for veterans. Um, we added, uh, first responders, and then for COVID, we also added healthcare workers. So we did a one-for-one -one program. Um, we've given away over a million dollars so far this year in free product. Um, just an overwhelming uh, number of people. And again, some of the stories, same kind of thing. They've seen a lot. They've been doing a lot. They're away from their families. A lot of the units we sent went into sort of those hospital restrooms um, where they aren't getting to go home. They're just taking a short rest between shifts. And it, it is, it's um, for the people that are having to make split second decisions on life and death and, and how to take care of people, we, we as a society have to get better at making sure they, they get good sleep. Oh, I love that. And I think, um, I'm going to add, it's going to get pretty heavy for a second, but it's a good outcome. Um, the why, I, it, we did a drill last weekend with some, some friends, my, some colleagues, about the, the, the seven whys of why you do something, right? And I think you and I have a lot of empathy for people who have been through a lot. Um, PTSD, uh, grief, like I've mentioned on my show and several different episodes about I was a caretaker for my, my family, lost my brother, my sister, my father, my mother. So sleep is like such an essential thing, but sometimes so hard for a person like, like you or myself to, to get quality sleep. And I know that that's relatable for you. And I'm not trying to assume, but I believe that's part of the, the why of why you created this company. It is. It's a, it's a big part of my why. So in my case, we, we lost our, our youngest son, um, Benjamin, very suddenly. And the grief and depression for me that went with that was was horrible. I, I literally, and the CDC has found, you know, data-wise that if you don't sleep for five days or, and, and I mean, you're, you're, maybe you're flat, maybe you're passing out for moments of time, but you're really not sleeping for five days is equivalent to being drunk and not just a little drunk, but legally over the limit. Your, your cognitive abilities is the same as going through life drunk. And I did that for over a year um, of just trying to navigate pretty severe mental illness. And it's, again, it goes back to, you know, we, we chalk a whole lot up and people would say, oh, it's fine. You'll get past it. But when you're in that state, it's really not the same reality that everyone else is in. It doesn't, the sun doesn't shine the same. The, the walls don't look the same color. It's a completely different space. It's like you've been transformed into a virtual reality that's horrible and, and you're in your own world. Um, so there is a great sort of understanding that what that does to sleep is, is, just horrible. There isn't a single mental illness that is not attached to lack of sleep in some form. And there's a comorbidity that if you are not sleeping a lot, you will get worse on your mental illness. If you have mental illness, your chances are you're not sleeping very well. It's, it's just a horrible cycle that people get into. And what happens with night terrors, PTSD, depression, if you look at their sleep cycles, they never hit deep sleep almost ever. And so they're just not settling down. They stay and just like I described that REM sleep, your brain waves really look like you're awake. You really aren't ever in that full rest. And even sleep drugs like Ambien, I have a, a really hard time with them just because they're hallucinogens. They basically give you the false sense that you're asleep. They actually don't put you into that deep sleep. They just, again, settle it down. It's like having 
surgery and you're you're under, but you're not really sleeping during surgery. You're just been, you know, told to settle down. So you don't register pain. You may not register other things, but it doesn't allow you to rest. You still have night terrors. You still have all of those things. Um, and so one of the powerful parts about temperature is all of that's happening in the front part of your brain, all your consciousness, your prefrontal cortex. Um, but temperature talks to your unconscious brain. It talks to your hypothalamus. It talks to your involuntary systems like your breathing. And so it says, hey, it's really actually time to sleep. And it gets past that. Um, it doesn't mean it's an immediate like fix, but you do get deep sleep. And over time, as you work through, you buy a little bit more sleep to get a little bit more willpower, to get a little bit better. It allows you this opportunity to find a journey out of mental illness if you can find a way to sleep just a little bit more and get a little bit better. And I do feel like that's that's the biggest why. That's why we give it to veterans. Um, I've spent time in tears. Like I said, guys, that there's no way any other thing they're going to talk about that way. But sleep and their and and being uh, struggling with PTSD is it's it's just crippling. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's really wonderful to have some small tool that will help with that journey. Oh, that's so noble. I so much respect for you for doing that. And I uh, thank you for opening up and I'm very sorry for your loss. And, and I can relate, I've, I've battled depression and anxiety and substance abuse, sleep medications, all of that, trying to find some relief. And, um, besides the cold temperature in your chili pad, uh, I found that talking with other people about this, who've been through some stuff and getting those big tough guys who are actually teddy bears on the inside and women and to mm -hmm. talk about it, you know? And so it's a, it's a very holistic approach too. talking about this, getting quality sleep, eating like an adult, eating healthy. It's all very sustainable too. So uh, you, you've created great product products. Um, and it's so cool that you're giving back in that way. So I'll definitely put links to that in the show notes as well. Um, you touched on something in, in your Ted talk about, is it during deep sleep that memories are, are essentially filed and this, the spinal fluid rinses over? Yeah. So your body does deep sleep is just an amazing thing. And, you know, I've looked at it from evolutionary part and I think that this, that, that fun journey of like, why, why do we need sleep is where the question for me started of like what all happens during deep sleep and why, um, it, we as humans and all mammals are the same. If you see a mammal that doesn't, um, if you see an animal that doesn't sleep, they actually um, don't, aren't able to learn from their experiences. And so when a lion would come by at the watering hole, it would basically teach us like, oh, we need to watch every time we go to the watering hole. But in that moment of adrenaline, we're not filing that memory. We're, we're, we're keeping it in a holding pattern. And then at night, we actually have to go through and say, is this something I need Need to know oh yes knowing that there's a lion at the water hole every other tuesday i need to remember that um, so those those files just like on our computer sort of stay stay up on those windows and, and until we file them they stay there and so over time and I, I think this is you know a lot of studies are leading to this is some of the causes uh, uh, with memory and cognitive loss when you have lack of deep sleep is over the period of two weeks your your brain will reserve up those memories and over the period of two weeks, as you can imagine, what you wore last Tuesday or what you ate last Thursday 
isn't something that's going to change your life unless you have to have a pinnacle moment at that lunch on Thursday that was like, wow, that was life changing. And then it gets filed in a different way, but otherwise it gets, it gets dropped off over time. And as you know, I look at it of an office, if I was sitting at my desk and every day I put some more files on there and I never got rid of them, it would be really hard to find memories over time. Like it would just get to be a big, huge mess. Um, and so memory allocation is one of those things that happens during sleep. Um, but at the start of deep sleep, your brain actually gets washed over. And this is really important for Alzheimer's and some of those other diseases of the brain is that it actually gets washed and that your brain, your spinal fluid comes up and it is literally like a car wash kind of thing. And it cleans out some of those plaques that they talk about with Alzheimer's. And so your body does amazing things. It also releases growth hormones and it goes around and fixes stuff. But as you can imagine, just like you don't take time to do laundry when you're working, those maintenance activities don't happen during the day. The maintenance of your body happens at night and predominantly during that deep sleep. So if you're not getting it, if you're only you're 80 and you only get seven minutes and your body's getting more and more frail, you're getting less and less maintenance done during the night. That's really incredible. I, when I first heard you mention that the spinal fluid, I, that blew my mind, no pun intended. It's really cool stuff. It's amazing how the body works and how it repairs itself. And um, I, I love talking about this kind of stuff. So thank you for explaining that. It's, it's a very cool concept to wrap your head around. It, it is. It's, uh, you know, I think the other thing, if you are doing sleep tracking, that's really, I think is a phenomenal. And, and you'll see this um, if you've been watching the news with the Aura Ring, which is a sleep tracker, they're using it to, to be able to see COVID ahead of time. So your, your body systems, your temperatures, your HRV, which is your heart rate variability, you can actually look at those and see um, that two days before you're going to get sick, it starts to show up in your sleep and what's happening in that maintenance mode. So before the symptoms are exhibited to us in a visible way that we can tell, your body already has that virus that's part of like oh well they're they're carrying it but they don't have symptoms yet or they're you know how that works is your body is fighting it and it does appear in sleep tracking and you can see it in those metrics at night so it's you can see that maintenance actually happening and and that fight going on and in when you're tracking your sleep it's pretty fun that's incredible oh my i'm gonna go get one today <laughs> i love tracking this stuff i actually wrote a paper on heart rate variability and and for for fitness and recovery and uh there's a book behind me from pavel and i'm in that book with a, a navy seal eric frohart and we talk about you know effective training methods and recovery heart rate variability um breathing um heart rate variability is a really interesting topic um for those who don't know it's basically um, how well your uh system can handle stress mental physical stress and you just measure like I bought my wife an Apple watch and uh, she loves it. And then I got one for myself because we can keep each other accountable, but also it's got a heart rate variability tracker on there. Right. So it keeps me honest. Sometimes I'm reactive. Right. And I'm like, okay, take a, take a step back, get some box breathing in and I can get my heart rate back, heart rate variability back up to like 95, in like two, two minutes. So it's very important stuff for stress management. Yeah. And that same cycle 
in a bigger way is what your body's looking for every night. It's looking to get through whatever it saw, experienced, felt one day and have that flush through at night. And you can, you can see that happen in those scores overnight. So you do want to, you want to watch, watch it, you know, go through and, and see that recovery there. And you can see it get really tight again. If you're, if you're not feeling well, or you're really stressed, or you can see where that didn't recover right um, and be able to sort of plan accordingly. And I think that's where you can do those sort of predictions of even what your next day looks like. So if you didn't recover and you didn't get rid of that stress, you probably shouldn't go for a really intensive hike or you shouldn't do an intensive workout. You should allow your body to stress. But again, it's that information to say, I think my body's not quite there yet. Most of us, if you're listening to your body, will say, whew, I, I don't feel myself today. But that it's all in that HRV score. It's kind of, kind of fun to have a, a validation of like, yeah, I don't feel myself today. Exactly. You know, and for, for the first year, I tracked it every morning and every evening, and I was almost neurotic about it. But what it gave me was a good baseline of what, how I could feel, how I should feel, and when I'm not feeling good, like you said, and I can validate, okay, maybe today's not the day to go try and set a personal record. <laughs> maybe today's the day to do some reading and some writing. Yeah, and settle down and, and, and breathe more, like you yes. mentioned. Express and like okay, I didn't flush through all my stress from the night before, and I, I need another I need another day. And again, looking at sleep from a, a seven day window um, really really helps you to say okay, I don't have. It's not really even about sleep debt, but it's about making sure you're managing that that overall recovery happens and at least in a cyclical way over the course of a week. Oh, that's great. Makes a lot of sense. Um, Speaking of your business, um, as an entrepreneur, I, I love figuring out and finding out why and how businesses are created and what you might have learned. And you've you brought to market over 100 things. That's incredible. Um, I throw a lot of things at the wall. Most of it doesn't stick. But, you know, that's the kind of the fun process of it all. Um, are there any um, correlations you found or, or network, networking with people? I know you've, you've worked with, like, Rick Rubin and um, Tim Ferriss. And, like, these people have, like, been really helpful. Like... How do you go about making these connections and fostering good relationships? So I will say we, you know, in, in, in those scenarios, they found us and that made it a whole lot easier Sweet. and then reached out and said, this, this product is part of my life. It's amazing. Um, and so that, that helps in that sense. But from a business owner, you know, we work really, really hard on that sort of moral compass for us is that you never know what relationship is going to pop back up or be there. And it's really easy to get passionate in the moment and say, I, you make me nuts. I won't do that. Um, but to always leave the situation in a in the best way you can, kind of like the tidiest room, the best way to try to hold that moral compass, even in business. And there's been times we've been burned where you're sitting there like, gosh, that, that person or that business is, is ruthless and mean, and they're ahead of us. Do we just need to let go of doing things right? And it never... It, it always seems to come back down to if you do it the right way and, and all of us have that moral compass, but if you do things the right way, it doesn't mean I always do things right. I make mistakes <laughs> do it with that highest intention of, of being right in the sense of, of, of good and true. Um, it comes back to you. You know, we have relationships. Uh, the very first customer when we went on our own is still one of our, our clients today on consulting um, for that reason of, We've been through a lot over 20 years of consulting for them, but when you try to generally do the right thing, uh, it, 
I think it works out. It works out in, in my mind. That's, that's how I feel good about business. Oh, I love that. That's great advice. And it goes for everything. And you, do the right thing. You won't regret it. You'll feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. You never know when it will come back to benefit you. Yeah, that's really good advice. Excellent, excellent. Well, this has been really fun. I've learned a lot about sleep health uh, systems. I feel better about my polyphasic sleeping cycles now. So that's very helpful. Um, great. Yeah. So, so I have the, the, the chili pad. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between the chili pad and the Uller? Okay, so the Uller for us was the next evolution. So chili pad is, when you think of a thermostat, we're really a thermostat for your bed. We're something where you can dial the temperature and that old-fashioned thermostat where you turn the dial and you set it and forget it. Um, Chili pads like that with a remote, but generally you're going to set it to one temperature and it'll be like that. And as I talked about those different um, buckets or zones of sleep, Uller is the next evolution in that. So it allows scheduling um, because I am complex. And I'm guessing even your your wife who likes to go to sleep warm would benefit from this difference. And so I actually, we have a weighted blanket product as well. And so um, for that anxiety and, and serotonin, um, I like the weighted blanket, but they can get hot. Um, but when I want to go to sleep, I, I want that warmth. I want to warm up to fall asleep. My bedtime routine includes a warm bed. And for years, I did that wrong in the sense that then I set my bed to, to hot. And of course, I'd wake up in the middle of the night being like, okay, now I'm hot. Um, and then then I would have a hard time falling back in sleep, part of that insomnia loop that I was in. But it turns out if I make my schedule match that circadian rhythm, that lowering core body temperature, so I set my schedule, so within a half hour of falling asleep, my chili pad goes way cold. Um, but then I also found that I get too cold in the morning and I'd wake up too early. And so that's where, again, sort of that research of, okay, well, I can get really great sleep, um, but I have to warm up on the second half of the night. And I match that to the schedule. And uh, despite being how many times around the planet I've been, I can still get that two hours of deep sleep and two hours of REM sleep um, very consistently. Ridiculous. That's Awesome. I like ridiculously consistent. That is really good. I love habits. I like good habits. Uh, I respect the heck out of that. And it makes sense too. You know, thinking back, like watching my wife wake up, the hardest part is getting out of bed because she's cold. Like, so mm-hmm. like um, when she, when she used the unit, she did try it cold and she loved it. And then she also tried it with the warm um, and she really enjoyed that too. So it sounds like the Uller is like, even like you said, more evolved. And so you can adjust. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, the, the, the schedule really, really helps that kind of do it automatically. Cool. It's not like waking up and then turn up the, the red button, <laughs> which yes. I've done before. Oh, that's awesome. Um, you mentioned in one of your TED Talks um, the sleep switch. What is a sleep switch? So uh, I can't claim that, although it's super cool. Um, Clifford Sapir um, is a sleep researcher out of Harvard. He first started working on that in 2003, um, but you can Google sleep switch um, and it's attached to his research. And it basically is, um, as I talked about that chronotype, that timing of when you go to bed, in that window um, is your sleep switch. So that's where that bedtime zone is really important. And sleep switch is your body's looking to switch on sleep. And it it really is like a a flip a switch of then I'm in sleep mode. Um, If you flip your sleep switch, your melatonin releases, you get that serotonin, you get that sort of warm, fuzzy feeling that you're trying to fall asleep. Um, and, And that is amazingly driven by temperature. That's 
that's where the science part has caught up to the invention that wasn't really in designed to necessarily do that, but it switches on sleep. Now the fun part for me is that it turns out the temperature also can help switch off sleep, which helps prevent that grogginess and it wants to be warm. And when you flip off the switch by warming yourself up in the morning, um, you actually get a burst of cortisol. You get to feel and good cortisol at that point, not cortisol, bad stress, but like you get that burst of like, oh, I feel really good. Um, again, equivalent of imagine that sun coming up, warming up the planet, warming you up. Um, we've got pretty used to getting warmed up to wake up. And when we do that, sleep gets turned off. And by turning, having hard on and hard off, it tells our body, again, to start the clock. Because if you picture the clock, that clock wants to be turned on or turned off, and it wants clear zones. Um, the big, wide, gray areas of crawling into bed and watching TV for long periods of time and then kind of falling asleep, that's not a nice hard on and off. And our bodies really want that clock thing. It likes to have it. It's boring. I get it. It's There's no fun involved there. It's just the way it is. Um, but when you recognize the clock and you say, okay, you know, that works for eating, um, eating three hours before you go to bed, like the last call for alcohol, last call for your big meal, three hours before you go to sleep, that also really impacts your deep sleep. So understanding that clock and understanding when those switches, when that sleep switches is should be turned on and shouldn't be turned off, you can back into that then and say, okay, three hours before that, I'm going to let my metabolism have three hours to flush through alcohol or food. And that means you get better deep sleep. Most of that affects your deep sleep. If you're, if you're not doing that, you probably will fall asleep better. Unfortunately, a huge percentage, and I think it's even bigger during coronavirus, unfortunately are using alcohol to fall asleep. Yep. Terrible stuff in the sense that it's good to help you fall asleep maybe because um, it's a sedative. It's a depressant um, But what it does for deep sleep is it amps up your metabolism to try to burn through that alcohol And as again, then we're not cooling we're heating during that deep sleep time and again, it's it's crazy It's it's a buzzkill. There's no way around it, <laughs> but if yep. you keep it in its zone, it's it's good I, I'm so glad we talked about this. I enjoy drinking and so um, I have definitely pushed the limits and I've tracked my heart rate monitor just to see, and I can validate your point. Um, my heart rate went up by 20 beats per minute on average as I'm processing. It was a big night too. Um, but yeah, y your metabolism speeds up and that might be cool for burning calories, but it's not cool for deep sleep. So <laughs> keep that in mind. And also I, uh, several of my fitness friends have done some kind of goofy testing in the first few months of COVID heart rate variability, heart rate monitors, day drinking, enough time for it to dissipate, right? And then go to bed and they get good sleep. So I'm not advocating drinking a lot, but like you said, give it that three hour window and your quality of sleep will improve. Yeah, cut yourself some slack because we all like to have fun and you know, it is, it is about it is about balance. So, you know, are we giving enough room for sleep if you're drinking every night until midnight? that's gonna that's gonna really hurt over time it's not gonna be good for your deep sleep and you're gonna really struggle to, again to have that healthy balance but if like when you're camping or you're taking you know if at least you're finding balance in it that's that's again what what is the recipe that is is gonna make you healthy and then we all choose to have an ice cream cone occasionally 
good advice. I love it. And you also talked on something with probably most people, and I'm guilty of this too. Uh, we put on a, a Simpsons or a Friends episode before bed, but we, almost always my wife will fall asleep and I'll just turn it off right away and put it away because I know the blue light's not good. And I've had Brad Kearns on here and all these people talking about blue light blocking glasses, and I have Iris software and Fluxes and other software. And there's all these little things to help keep your circadian rhythm going. And if you get a lot of time outside, which a lot of our listeners and viewers do, that's a huge benefit right there too. Yeah, and going back to that sleep switch, um, sunshine in the morning is 10 times more valuable to you than later in the day. Um, and again, it goes back to what's what understanding when to do the right things for your body is huge. So um, within 60 minutes of waking up, if you're outside and getting sunshine, um, that that influx of a vitamin D right then is actually it's super powerful. Your body is looking for it then. It's part of the sleep switch got turned off. It's looking for that. You get just a different cognitive expression of, of what that, that, can, that vitamin can do for you first thing in the morning. Nine o'clock is like, try to get before nine o'clock if you had to put a time on the clock. Oh. And again, there's some flex there with like, chronotypes but by nine o'clock you that's peak time to get that vitamin d in you have just validated my new business model i appreciate this <laughs> <laughs> yeah so back there's a split board and what that is is a backcountry tool for going up a mountain and so um i often go up probably three days a week climb up the mountain at a dawn patrol so before the sun's up we get into the alpine above the tree line around nine o'clock nine to nine to ten is our window usually and those mm -hmm. days I it's rock star sleep, right? And that makes complete sense. So yep. thank you for validating that. I get to do it more now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's it's all about that's where again the power of of understanding when for your body, that's it's just speaking its language. And you know, that's all we want to do with our bodies is to say, okay, well what can I how can I talk to you? You're talking to me and I'm not understanding it. If you understand the when, it will it will give you the cues and you will get the the burst from that. It's it's really fun. Your best cognitive time, your best creative time, all of those are entrained to that clock. And if you do it during the right windows, it's phenomenally different. Um, so if you want to be creative, um, for most of us morning types, that's like between three and five in the afternoon. Um, so that's, if you again, if you're going to have your drink and kind of be creative and fun, um, your brain will love it during that time. Three to five, new happy hour. Perfect. <laughs> Relax, be creative, do whatever you're going to do to help uh, ensue creativity, but that that's that window. I love it. Uh, this has been such a joy learning so much from you. Our listeners and viewers have, I, I've got two pages of notes and I've got the study right there from Clifford Spacer or Saper um, links to the quiz you mentioned. Um, and as a big, big perk, your team threw together two coupon codes in 25 for 25% off the chili pad and in 15 for 15% off the, the Uller. Um, and I'll have links to that in the show notes as well. So thank you for that gift to our, our, our audience. Yeah, and I mentioned um, the Jerry Siegel um, one out of UCLA, hunter-gatherer one. They might enjoy that one as well. Good call. Yeah, get that one going too. They can at least quote it when they say they're out camping and they're getting better sleep. And then they, have it. they tie it back to some science and say, see, I'm, I'm really brilliant. I love it. This is going to help a lot of people get a little more time outside. This is good. Yeah. Well, uh, Tara, thank you so much for your time. Is, is there anything else you want to cover? This has been a lot of fun. No, I think, I mean, I think we've covered a lot of topics. We have. I get really excited about this stuff, as you can probably tell, and the, the audience knows this. But it's fascinating stuff, right? And it's so important. 
because it's super easy to, to geek out on that. And, and um, you know, our website will be in the notes, but um, we have, I have a blog on there, Pillow Talk, um, that covers a lot of these topics in a little bit more detail if you want to, links to some of that research if, again, if people want to continue their, their route. And I love answering questions, so I'm online on Facebook and stuff as the Sleep Geek, so you can always ping me and ask me questions there too. Perfect. Sleep Geek, uh, on what formats is that? So uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and normal kind of, I haven't branched out to TikTok, I have to say. No, yeah, no. I don't know about TikTok. I watch my wife watch it. I'm like, that's not for me. Yeah, maybe I'm not a much, I, I am much more of an outdoors person. So I, I'd rather kayak than watch TikTok, but um, I'm not there yet. I love it. Well, you'll love this. We just tested out an origami two-person kayak yesterday. Ooh, I will have to do that. I, kayaking is, I, I think, I, my husband has like a, a surf boat. He loves surfing and, and doing the surfboard thing. But for me, the kayaking first thing in the morning, you know, when the animals are out and the lake is a completely different place than when the power boaters get out there. Absolutely. Oh, it's so cool. Well, I'll send you a link to that review and I get a discount with those guys too. I'll hook you up. Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for your time, Tara. All the best to you and your family, and uh, much love for what you're doing with your business and your passions for helping people with sleep and your, your service to the people that give us service. Um, just great stuff. I really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And, um, again, the love of the outdoors is, is something that I think we really share as well. Absolutely. Can't beat it. And to all you engagement.com uh, fans and followers and listeners and viewers, I'll have all the show notes up with all these great resources, those discount codes. Uh, this will be on YouTube, Stitcher, pod, everywhere you can get a podcast. It'll be there. Um, until next time, much love to your families and take care. <laughs>